You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind the scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. Hey guys. All right. Welcome to our first solo episode of season eight. I'm so happy to be here with y'all. I'm just thrilled about this season so far. I don't necessarily mean that from the perspective of like, oh, it's going exactly how I want it to or anything like that. But what I mean is to say, I feel like it has already been so valuable in just three sessions. Like I am so grateful to Angie for kind of, you know, just being willing to go there. Right. I think especially sometimes as you're finding your footing with a new coach and then add to that a podcast on top of it, it can sort of take a minute to find that groove, open up, share transparently. And I feel like she's just done that from day one, square one kind of thing. Right. And that has given us so much value in these past few episodes. And I think it's brought a conversation to literally that we've had in different ways, but not necessarily this specific way, which I think is so important. And it's what I want to talk about today, which is energy management, especially for scaling your business. I think that that was really like this theme over the few sessions, right? Is like, where is your energy going? How are you managing it? How does it actually serve you and support you? Where is it being drained? Where are you giving it away to things that are not supportive, right? And I feel like this is so crucial for all of us to look at as entrepreneurs in our business. And it is especially crucial for businesses that are scaling, right? Angie is at that point where like, she's doing great in her business, right? She's made the elusive kind of like five figure months, the 30 K months, like that kind of thing. But she's done that on her own, right? And I think that there's obviously this like badge of honor that can get associated with that. We definitely talked about that a bit, but I also think what it does more than anything sometimes when we're holding what 30K months entails without anyone else holding that with us or supporting us in that, it can zap our energy so quickly. So as much as we all want to focus on just like, what does it take to scale? What does it take to grow? I think the conversation we also get to have in that is, And what do I need to do to manage my energy in that process? So I not only create scalability, but sustainability, because I think those are often very different things, unless we're really intentionally putting them together. And that's obviously what Angie is here to do is really intentionally put those together and say, Hey, I've been able to get it to this point and it doesn't feel good at this point because of where my energy is at and how I have not been able to tend to that in the growth. And so whether you're at a similar place to Angie and you kind of need to rework or rethink how you're managing your energy in your business, or whether you're much earlier on in business and you're seeing this as like, Ooh, I could see how I could get to that point really quickly. I need to stop and look at things now. Either way, so important So serving of you, no matter what stage of business you're at. And basically is the ticket to not just having a business that makes money, but having a business that makes money long-term because you're actually not so burnt out that you can't stay in it. And, or even so kind of like 
at a point where it feels like the trade-offs aren't worth it, right? Angie and I have definitely talked about trade-offs a little bit too, but I, I feel like sometimes even if you don't hit burnout, you can kind of hit this point where you're like, man, the energy that is required of me here is not a trade-off I'm willing to make. And you could let go of what is potentially a really, really great business because you did not actually make energy management a priority. So that is what we were going to talk about today. I want to talk about really leaning into what works for you. I want to talk about decision fatigue. I want to talk about how burnout happens. Then I want to give you some really practical solutions for that, right? Like what can we do to actually lean into what works for us? What does it look like to get more decisions off our plate? How can you really think about yourself and your business and relate to yourself and what mindset is required to not hit burnout? So hopefully that will all be very useful today. And I'm sure it is a conversation Angie and I will continue throughout this season, but First thing, I think Angie and I talked about this, gosh, almost right away, I think in session one, but you know, the idea of really like leaning into what works for you energy wise and how important that is and how I think so much traditional like efficiency kind of conversations almost tell you like there is a way to show up. There's a way to be efficient and consistent and there's a right way to do it. And so, so many of us kind of like try to put ourselves in that box. And a lot of us are high performers and high achievers. So we're really good at pushing ourselves into a box that doesn't fit for us. And like, you know, sometimes that can be helpful for a short period of time, but typically it bites us in the butt. And I think that's what can happen here. So Angie, as an example, knows she's someone that likes, you know, kind of like sprint and rest sort of thing. But you know, typically we don't see that or hear that as like, oh, that's a great way to run a business. And so she can kind of push herself in the other way, but it's not necessarily her leaning into what works for her. And a really important distinction that I want to make here is that it can be true to say, yes, your business needs to have consistency in it. I agree with that 100%, right? What I don't agree with is that the CEO has to be the only one providing that consistent energy input. So that's one of the reasons why it's so helpful to think about getting team and other support because like, yes, if you want to make consistent sales, having your business be consistent in terms of like marketing, lead gen, sales, all that kind of stuff is super, super valuable. And the CEO cannot be the sole person holding all of that responsible for all of that, especially as it's scaling, especially as you have lots more clients and people that are counting on you, not only for, you know, the marketing, but like the service delivery aspect. Right. And so there are tons of different ways that people relate to this. You know, some people I think are the like sprint and then rest kind of people. I know some of my clients are just really consistent and that comes more easily for them. I have some people that, you know, could, maybe not sprint, but like marathon it (laughs) for a while and then need like a really good chunk of time off. Like there's all different ways that that shows up, but do you know what works for you? That's really the thing. That's really the ticket for me personally, just as an example, what I know works for me is I like to do some stuff each day, right? Rather than have really full days or then full days off. Like I really enjoy that consistency. So like most people are like, oh my gosh, you do coaching calls five days a week. Why? Why not just like squeeze them into three days? And it's like, cause that doesn't feel good to me. That does not match my energy at all. Like I don't love sprinting for three days, resting for two, like that in my system does not feel good. 
right? I would say many of my clients love sprinting for three days and resting for two. Neither is right or wrong. It's just what works for you, what fits your energy best, what allows you to feel more ease, more comfort, more safety, more peace, more regulation. Like that's really what we're looking for. So I think it's just important to be aware that knowing what your patterns are and what feels best to you is absolutely crucial for managing your energy instead of being like, well, I'm someone that likes to sprint and then rest, but I hear that I should be doing coaching calls five days a week because that's what Lacey does. And so now I'm going to do it. Like, that's not it, right? Just like conversely, I'm not going to be like, well, everyone says that having two days a week to just like dive in and do content creation is better. And so let me try to fit myself into that box. I have certainly tested the waters on that in my business. And it's just not where I was thriving. It's not where I felt the best. It's not where I saw the best work come from myself. So remember, you get to actually know what works for you. And then separately, you get to create a plan around that. So we can talk about that in a little bit, but lean into what works for you. The next thing I want to talk about is decision fatigue. Decision fatigue is so real, y'all. This is like a well-studied concept, which is basically the idea that when you make a lot of decisions over and over, the quality of your decision-making goes down because you are fatigued by it. It's basically like we have this kind of like finite amount of decisions we can make before we start seeing diminishing returns, right? I think I've definitely talked about this on this podcast before because it's personally something I am very invested in and love talking to clients about, which is really acknowledging the decision fatigue that comes with being an entrepreneur because you're not just in a role in corporate where you're making a piece of a bigger decision, or you're making really specific decisions on one really specific topic, right? Like you're making decisions on literally everything from like finances to marketing, to client delivery, all of that. I mean, literally to like cleaning your office basically, right? You know, you have every role in your business and that can be so fatiguing. And if we're not aware of decision fatigue, what happens is that we will see the quality of our decisions go down. And without knowing that that's happening or having awareness about that or working to offset that, we're just going to make bad decisions in our business. Like that's sort of just the way it's going to go. Right. And so having awareness around decision fatigue and what it actually looks like to minimize that in your business is so crucial again, especially as you're scaling, right? Yes. At the beginning, decision fatigue can be quite hard because you're making all these new decisions, but as you're scaling, it can be even harder because all of your decisions affect people in a way that they maybe don't at the beginning, right? Like it affects your team. It affects your clients. It affects maybe even your family. If you're used to bringing in a certain income, like it feels like the, the weight of the decisions is even more present. And so if you're not finding a way to alleviate those in some capacity, it is going to take you out and it is going to create decisions that happen in your business where you're like, oh my God, why did I do that? Why did I say yes to that? Why did I decide that? Right. And so being really aware that decision fatigue affects your energy considerably because it really does fatigue you, but it also affects your ability to scale and the quality of the decisions you're making. So I really want to talk about a solution for that coming up too, in terms of 
what are we doing to combat decision fatigue and what can that look like, especially when we just have so much on our plate, right? And then the last thing I really want to point out in terms of energy management is how burnout happens, right? So obviously many different versions of it, many different ways for different people, but ultimately like burnout is going to happen when we consistently keep pushing past like our energy reserves, right? So if we're not managing our energy, if we're not leaning into what works for us, if we're constantly in decision fatigue, if we're overworking, if we're under resting, like we literally know what's going to happen. Like, I don't know how long, I don't know when, I don't know how, but it's going to lead to burnout, right? I feel like one of my jobs as a coach is helping clients see that coming earlier, right? Where it's like when those things are at play, when you're not managing your energy, when you're making way too many decisions, when you're not feeling supported, when you're overworking, when you're underresting, like those are the biggest red flags for this will result in an outcome that you don't want, <laughs> right? Which is burnout, which is when you get to that point of just like, I literally cannot push past. I cannot motivate myself. I cannot do this work. And I think that's kind of what we were hearing in Angie in that last session where it was like, she is someone that is incredibly motivated, incredibly high achieving, cares so much about her impact, has done so much in the world. And she's kind of getting to that point where it's like, I just cannot. And that's when we know some things awry, right? But if we can even spot it earlier, when some of those red flags start showing up, we can do something about it. So I really wanted this to kind of be, you know, a moment to look at your own business and go, oh, I just actually know how burnout happens. Like, it's not a mystery. It's not unclear. I actually know how this happens. Am I like making my way to that? You know, am I like sprinting down that path? Am I kind of strolling down that path? Am I going in that direction? And what needs to course correct here? So ultimately all of these things impact our energy, right? Knowing what works for us, managing our decision fatigue, not pushing past the energy reserves that we have. Like these are so crucial. And when these aren't happening, especially when all of them are happening or not happening, right? It is very, very clear what our outcome is going to be, right? Like Angie has been trying to be super, super consistent in a way that does not necessarily match her energy. She has massive decision fatigue because she has so much on her plate because she is solely running the business and solely serving her clients. And she just keeps pushing past her energy threshold because she is that high achiever. She is that woman who was from a line of hardworking black women, right? Like we were talking about that, sees that as her value. And so all of this makes sense. It just is really can be challenging to solve. So just because it makes sense, it doesn't mean we're taking away the experience or the challenge, but I do think it's really helpful to be like, oh, if I'm at that place in my business, if these things are happening to me, I can really reliably predict where this is going to go. And so I need to find solutions to that. So that's what I want to talk about next. What are solutions to these things? What can we actually do when these red flags start showing up? Because they're going to show up for all of us, right? Who hasn't been decision fatigued massively as an entrepreneur who hasn't pushed against their energy reserves, who hasn't, you know, gone against their natural flow. Like, right. All of us are going to have these. It's like, what are the solutions when we really see those coming up? How can we get it in check? How can we see it coming? And how can we prevent ourselves from getting to a point where, you know, we're so burnt out that we can't even run the business, right? And certainly that I don't think is even close to where Angie is at this moment. Although of course, like whatever her journey unfolds like this season, we will be there for her and support her. But 
If these things kept going, it would be easy to get to that point. So solutions, right? The first one that we were talking about, right? Leaning into what works for you. So it's like actually creating a plan around that is really the best solution here. And so I know that that can be hard, especially if you're someone who you feel like your energy waxes and wanes a bit. It's not like, you know, oh, well for a week, I'm going to want to sprint. And then for two weeks, I'm not like, it's really hard to um, (laughs) calculate it out in that way. So I know it can seem like, well, Lace, I can't create a plan around that. That's not how it works for me. And I hear you, but What I do have clients do around this in terms of quote unquote planning that I think can be really helpful is when they're in that sprint mode, being very careful what we focus their attention on. I think sometimes when you're in that like big energy, big idea time, it can be really easy to start a bunch of new projects. And what I love to really remind clients of and help them lean into is that when you're in big energy, big sprint time, what you can be doing is sustaining yourself for when you need to rest after. So maybe that means getting a ton of your podcast episodes recorded, creating a bunch of content while you're in the vibe, you know, doing the things that have to happen consistently in your business in a sprint. And then once those are done, by all means, go, go to the next project, but really like harnessing that energy to create a a set of assets that will be there for you when you're in a lower energy space. If you don't use it for that, then when you're in a lower energy space, you have nothing to like sustain you or support you, but maybe like a half done project that you started. And that's when it can feel really, really hard and where you're not necessarily like using it to your advantage or planning around it. So that's something I really recommend when you're in that I'm on fire kind of place. That's amazing. Run with it, utilize it grab every ounce of that energy and channel it into what you know you have coming up in your business, what you actually need to plan for, what you're committed to, right? Like maybe, you know, you have like modules to be delivered, whatever, instead of waiting until those would be due, can you do them based on when your energy is behind that? Because then if two weeks from now, when that actually needs to get out, you're in that space of like, wow, I like need to be kind of in my hole in massive rest you can like thank your past self and be like, so glad that was not a thing, right? I think Sabrina and I talked about this a bit on season seven. You know, she had so many assets built up in terms of her events and content and all of that, that when things happen, you know, like when she got Clyde and had like that challenging time, she just had things to support her and sustain her through that. So really remember that you can plan around that. And then conversely, also remember, like I mentioned earlier, if you're maybe like me and you need more of that consistency, don't try to force yourself into what someone else is telling you is best. Like the example of scheduling, right? Don't try to force yourself into like, I must take two days off because if not, I'm like a bad entrepreneur and people say that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to have these big days blocked off, blah, 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 right? whatever works for you. Like some of my clients are so consistent that it works better for them to create a piece of content every single day. Some people could never operate a business on that. Like the the real key here is what works for you. And are you literally planned around that? And I don't just mean like in your brain. I mean, does your day-to-day schedule match that? Does your team know this about you? Are your to-dos in alignment with that stuff? Like that's when you really have the plan that matches your energy. And so I just cannot encourage you enough on that because I really do believe when I see clients step into that, there's just an immediate 
shift in their energy because it feels like they have locked into something that is actually supportive of them versus working against them. So to me, it's almost like working to your strength instead of trying to fix your weaknesses kind of vibe, right? Like, sure, we could do that, but it just feels more challenging and more crunchy all the time. Or we could just work to your strengths, which is maybe like you're really great at sprinting or you're really being consistent, whatever that is for you. Plan around that, work towards that, make sure your team knows that because then you will really be able to leverage your energy instead of just feeling depleted all the time. Okay, so next solution is related to decision fatigue. So something that has personally helped me tremendously in my business around decision fatigue is not only delegating tasks, but also delegating decisions. Easier said than done, I know. It takes time to build up to that. And certainly we are going to have to build up to that with Angie. It's not like she's just going to be able to like delegate all of these decisions tomorrow, right? When she's just bringing on team. But she can bring on team with the intention of being able to delegate decisions long-term. And so what I mean by that is a lot of people will, they'll onboard team and just give them stuff to do and not really take the time to help them understand how they're thinking and why they're doing it and what their brain is saying about it and what their thought process is behind it. And so then you could have a team member for like a year and a half, right? And be like, gosh, you've been in my business for a year and a half. Like you should be able to make some of these decisions, but they can't, right? Because you never really took the time to like help them understand the purpose behind the decision or the thought process behind the decision. And that is crucial. So really simple ways to do this when you're delegating a task to team. Can you go a step further of telling them the why behind it or the thought process behind it? One of my clients made this awesome thing where Every time she delegated to her team, she answered like four questions after it. Like why I need this done, what my thought process is behind it, what other pieces of context are important for you to know. Mm, Maybe that was it. Maybe when this needs to be done by, but you get my point. Like it was like, let me give you some background. Let me give you some backstory. Let me tell you how I'm thinking about this. And like, yeah, it probably took her, you know, a few extra minutes every single time she went to delegate something because she had to give that context. But then within a few months, people can start making decisions for her because of that, right? And when you can start getting decisions off your plate, your decision fatigue minimizes, and then you really get to be the CEO who's only making those super crucial high-level decisions. And because you're only making those super crucial high-level decisions, the quality of those decisions goes up significantly. So when you're having to decide on those really important and game-changing things in your business, you know you're in a place to make a high quality, well thought out decision as opposed to you are so fatigued from deciding like what color that Canva graphic needs to be that when it comes to making a really big decision in your business, it's like really easy to fumble it, right? So set yourself up to delegate not just tasks, but decisions. If you're listening to this and you're like, wow, I have a team and I have not done that, you can start anytime, anytime. Like, They want to understand, typically. I have rarely run into a team member that wasn't like, oh yeah, it would be really helpful to know more about why we're doing this and what makes sense here. So you can literally start anytime. Like you've had a team member for two years and you can say, you know what I've really not done a great job about as a CEO is helping you understand the thought process behind a lot of what I'm doing. I would love to add that into how we communicate with that feel good. Like you can start anytime. And Separately, if you are in Angie's shoes and you're about to bring on a new team member, you can start this from day one. Hey, 
Our company culture is that we help you understand why we're making the decisions we're making so that eventually you'll be able to make more on your own in that role. Here's what that's going to look like. This is so powerful. Megan, my CEO, makes so many decisions in our business now because she understands how I think about it. So she's like, oh, I know what Lacey would say here. I know what decision Lacey would make, so I don't have to ask her. And I cannot tell you how incredibly supportive that has been in creating more white space for me. (laughs) Megan's business is called white space and creating more white space for me and taking a lot of really like, I don't want to say they're small decisions because it's not that they're not important or don't matter, but from taking like the weight of whole, it's almost like, you know, holding like one five pound weight versus five, one pound weights. Like, yes, the weight of being a CEO is still there. I'm just not juggling all the things. It feels condensed. It feels concise. It feels clear. It feels easy to carry, right? Mm -hmm. That's what happens. So remember, not only should you be delegating tasks, but also decisions and The more you do that, the more your decision fatigue improves and the easier it is to scale because you're able to make really strategic decisions from that place. Okay, last topic is about burnout and what we can kind of do to minimize that. And I think the biggest mindset shift I know here for this is really thinking of yourself as the most important asset in your business. When I started to see myself as the most important asset in my business, things really shifted and got much clearer and much easier for me. So an example I've used before is like, say you own a trucking company, right? And like your trucks are your business's biggest asset. And so if you're having a problem with one of the trucks, you're going to take it off the road. You're going to get it serviced, right? Like you have a lot of like money and resources poured into that asset. So you're not just going to be like, oh, the truck's having a problem, but like, you know, screw it. Let's run it into the ground and then we'll deal with it. That just actually makes no logical sense. Absolutely no business owner that's being strategic in any way, shape, or form would make that decision, right? Mm -hmm. Yet, as solo entrepreneurs, as service-based businesses, we make that decision a lot sometimes, right? We're like, oh, whatever. I don't feel good this week. Fuck it. I'll deal with it later. I'll work anyway. I'll show up anyway. And I'm not saying there's never a time where sometimes you just have to show up and get something done. I've certainly been there, but it cannot be the norm. So if I'm thinking of myself as the most important asset in my business, how do I make different decisions, right? I might make more decisions to rest because my rest is what fuels my creativity and my creativity is what has built this business, right? I may make more decisions to invest in more support because yes, it's expensive, but it's also buying me back X amount of hours of time that I deeply, deeply need as the most important asset in this business. So It's just a different way of thinking about it. It's not like I will run the truck into the ground, right? It's this asset is so valuable to me. How can I make sure it never runs into the ground? And just that slightly different way of thinking can really alter how you'll show up and how you'll make decisions. Like there are so many times I'm such like a get shit done, love to work, love to be in it kind of human and when I stop and ask myself questions through this lens, it is typically very clear. Like I'll be like, I just talked to someone and I like love them and I want to support them and I want them to be a client. And it's so amazing. Then I'm like, you know what though? Like I just can't work with everyone that I would want to work with because as the most important asset in my business, if I'm working 24 hours a day, seven days a week, like I will be run into the ground in absolutely no time at all. And then the business doesn't exist. Right. Right especially 
now having a small child, I have really had to think about that more because not only am I the most important asset in my business, but I'm the most important asset to him. Right. And so I have to make decisions with that in mind. And I will tell you, it is not always the easiest for me. I'm sure Megan will also attest to the fact that sometimes she has to remind me of this, but if you can think of yourself in that way, it really does give you a lot more permission to take the rest, to take the space, to create the downtime because Yes, we don't always want to be motivated by the negative thing, but truly, if you know, like, if I don't, I'm running this truck into the ground, I'm running this business into the ground, it is easier (laughs) to make the best decision, right? You're thinking for long-term sustainability. I constantly am thinking, like, is this something I could do and manage for the next 5, 10, 15 years? And I'm not saying this in a way of, like, it will always be perfect or it won't iterate. But if I'm like, I can't work like this for more than another two months, that's a huge red flag. Now, have I ever had that season in my business? Absolutely. But it was like with intention and an end in sight kind of thing. Like I remember when I first said, like, I'm going on a wait list. I was for sure overbooked then. Like that was totally my fault. I really bit off more than I could chew. I was definitely overbooked. And I was like, really at that point where I'm like, "Mm, I don't think I want to work like this for more than a few more months. And I did, right? I saw through everything that I had committed to. I went on a wait list. I did all the right things, but I still had to kind of like finish out that season. Certainly I could have let clients go, but I wasn't at like a burnout point by any means. But I say that to say, like, sometimes we need a transition point, but if we're at that place where we're like, "Mm, I couldn't do this for more than X amount of time. That needs to be a red flag and a solution needs to be kind of like coming down the pipe very quickly. So remember, you are the most important asset in your business. And that is what creates scalability and sustainability. If you burn yourself out in the process of trying to get there, you don't have a scalable business. You don't even have a business because you are the business, right? And I know so many people are like, but that's the problem. You shouldn't be the business, but here's the deal. As service providers, most of us are. That is not a terrible business model. Many people are that, doctors, lawyers, et cetera. We don't have to, you know, kind of vilify that, but we do have to see how important taking care of ourselves and and treating ourselves as an asset is in that process. So this is your reminder. Energy management is everything. It is what is going to help you scale. It is what is going to help you make better decisions, better quality decisions. And it is ultimately what is going to create sustainability. And you cannot scale without sustainability, or you're basically just making money quick and then burning it to the ground. Like scaling looks like I'm building this business for the long term to reach more, to grow more. And it's possible because the energy is present to do that. Right? So these are the things that I really, really want you to stop and listen to yourself on and look at this week and see What kind of like energy audit do you really need to do for yourself here? What might need to shift? Where are there some red and yellow flags that are worth looking at? And what can you do to really treat yourself as that most important asset? So hope this is helpful. I'm so excited for the rest of this season. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Literally. I am forever grateful to you for being part of our journey and spending your time with us each week. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking a reviewer to give my MSC bundle to as a thank you for listening. This bundle combines trainings and workbooks that walk you through a condensed version of the work I do with my one-on-one clients through my mindset strategy and execution framework. 
And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living lit up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. And if you want more tips and strategies for growing and scaling your own business but are short on time, then you're going to want to opt into my private podcast feed, Back Pocket Business Mentor. You'll get immediate access to a private podcast feed full of tons of three-minute episodes where I talk about everything from how to pick a strategy and business model that works for you to how to show up online as an expert and increase your conversions. Just go to alituplife.com forward slash back pocket to dive in.